Welcome to Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. At booksandnachos.com, you can find over 100 reviews from fiction to nonfiction, graphic novels, and more. There's also links to our forums, our Facebook and Twitter pages, and information about our Podbean crowdfunding campaign. At booksandnachos.com, we're here to find you something great to read. Hello, Books and Nachos listeners. This is Arnie, back again, this time looking at a couple of making of books for the Hellraiser series. And why is it a two-in-one? Well, I'll get to that in just a second. But as I've mentioned in the previous podcast, I've been doing so much reading up for now playing's Hellraiser retrospective series and found out so much about the behind the scenes of the series, I thought readers may want to know what the best sources of information are. And so I'm starting looking at the Hellraiser Chronicles, edited by Stephen Jones, introduced by Clive Barker. Now, I didn't remember this book existing. I'm sure I knew of it at one time. As I've been going back and reading old issues of Fangoria, I have found this book advertised for years in their pages, from 1992 until at least 1996, when Hellraiser 4 was coming out in theaters. This book was a staple with its cover price of $14.95 US. However, it was originally printed in May of 1992, about four months before the movie Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth hit theaters. But I was reminded of this book's existence when I was at the Clive Barker online store, realclivebarker.com. And I'll say this about that store. It makes it really easy for Clive Barker fans to get things that, at one point, would have been nearly impossible. If you want a Clive Barker signed book, there's over a dozen to choose from. In addition, he sells his original art at prices from a few hundred dollars to several thousand dollars. If you compare this to, say, Stephen King, where a signed book is virtually impossible to get, you have to go to one of his events and then be lucky. I mean, I've gone to several Stephen King events and about one in four people get the lucky draw of a signed book. Clive Barker, on the other hand, due to health issues, doesn't tour. And to my knowledge, he hasn't had any appearances outside of his home in the Los Angeles area in many years. But he's making up for that with his online presence. I've been a regular at realclivebarker.com for quite some time, going there just about each time Clive puts out a new book, be it the hardcover Tortured Soul novella collection, or the Scarlet Gospels, the pinhead book that I will get to as my penultimate Books and Nachos on Hellraiser, and even a special reprinting of his Books of Blood. So as we were preparing for our Hellraiser podcast, I headed to realclivebarker.com, and I happened to notice that he had the Hellraiser Chronicles signed. And when I clicked on it, I saw that this was a book companion to the film's Hellraiser 1 through 3, with many behind-the-scenes photos and character profiles. 
And what's interesting about this isn't just that Barker signed the book. Even more interesting, I was told that several of the books for sale at RealCliveBarker.com were books from Clive's own collection that he's parting with. And so the book may not get to me in mint condition. And in fact, the book is still in print and available from Amazon. But he would pull this copy down from his shelf, sign it, and somebody would ship it to me, and I would get it in as-is condition. So I was thinking, I need to read the making of these movies and find every bit of information I can out for our now-playing shows. If I can get a book signed by Clive Barker, so much the better. And so I received my Hellraiser Chronicles in, I would put it as good condition. There's a couple of marks on the front, one of the corners has a little bit of a crease, and it is a second printing, not a first printing. But yes, right there on the title page, right above the words Introduction by Clive Barker is his signature, which was very cool. And it's probably one of the coolest things about this book. Now, this book was written by Peter Atkins, screenwriter of Hellraisers 2 through 4, Clive Barker, and Stephen Jones, who is also the editor of this book. So what did the book teach me about the making of Hellraiser and the behind the scenes? Unfortunately, not very much. Despite being called a companion to Hellraisers 1 through 3, what we have here is a fairly expensive but nicely printed 96-page book promoting Hellraiser 3. Given that that is the new film on the horizon, that movie takes up a good 50% of the book. Our Hellraiser 3 review comes out this week. And one piece of information that you'll find out on that podcast is Transatlantic Films, the company that produced that movie, actually paid Clive Barker to go away. They said, we don't want your involvement on this film. So, that he's writing an introduction to Hellraiser Chronicles is a little bit ironic. So, if I was looking for insights into Hellraisers 1 and 2, there are very little to find outside of Clive Barker's lengthy introduction that goes for eight pages and was written as Hell on Earth was completing production February 1992. There, Clive recounts for any neophyte about his inception of Hellraiser, his creation of the first film, his work in previous films like Rawhead Rex and Underworld or Transmutations. And it's always great to read when Clive himself is speaking about the Hellraiser films, which he's more and more loath to do because I imagine that talking to Clive Barker about Hellraiser is akin to asking Leonard Skinner to play Freebird. He's just tired of it, and he doesn't necessarily like where the series went. But when I got into the book, I was fairly disappointed with the information on the first two Hellraiser films. What you get is a spoiler-free plot summary, a list of highlight credits with spotlight given to the special effects people, the makeup people, and then the lead cast, and then a number of photos, including press photos, movie posters, and quotes from the characters, not the actors, but the characters accompanying most of the photos. And this makes sense. You've got a two-page spread devoted to Kirsty, and you have her quote from the first film, You did this before, right? To a man called Frank Cotton, but he escaped you. 
I've seen him. I swear it. He's alive. He doesn't look much like Frank Cotton anymore, but it's him. I could lead you right to him. You could take him back to hell instead of me. Obviously, that's not exactly how it's said in the first film, so perhaps that's taken from the original script. But Frank also has a two-page spread with quotes dedicated to him, such as, You set me up, you bitch, you set me up. But the glory here is really the photos. This is, for Hellraiser fans, a pictorial spread. And you get well-lit photos. This is an oversized trade paperback at almost 11 by 8 inches. And so when you see a full-page image of Pinhead, you get a lot of detailed look at his outfit and his makeup that you never get a chance to see in the film itself. And also in the background, you even get some of Clive Barker's own original concept art that he drew when envisioning what the Cenobites would look like. Now, when we get to certain characters like the engineer from the first film, quotes there are not about the engineer nor by the engineer. It's just another Frank quote, but still interesting to see these photos where they've made careful sure to Photoshop out or pre-Photoshop ink out any signs of the guy pushing the dolly cart behind him. Hellraiser 2, you get much the same treatment, including that infamous surgery photo from the back of the VHS box showing female Cenobite removing her surgical mask and Pinhead standing there in his bloody gown. But there's just not a lot of insight into those first two films. The book really should be called The Making of Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth, because for 50% of the book, that's what you get, including looks at the brand new Cenobites, and you get to know their names, some of which are not exactly the most creative. Yes, we do have Barbie for the barbed wired bartender, and Camera Head for the news cameraman who gets lenses affixed in his eye, but then CD for the DJ who has CDs planted in his head, or just J.P. Cenobite and Terry Cenobite for when those two characters get their flesh filleted. But again, these are glorious behind-the-scenes photos. I never thought the Terry Cenobite looked so cool in the movie as she does here. I've never noticed her skin peeled back from her fingers and her forearms and stretched up to her elbows and the cuts down her thighs. These photos are glorious, but it is, again, a picture book. Coming out before Hellraiser 3, this is here to excite fans who are anticipating that movie and to let them know about what is coming up. And then we have interviews with Bob Keane, who did the makeup effects on Hellraiser 3, as well as several of the actors, writer Peter Atkins, and of course, director Anthony Hickox. But coming out before the movie, the conversation is spoiler-free, and it does have a lot of focus on designing the new Cenobites. One cool thing you do get is some looks at the storyboard sequences, including a storyboard for a scene that was never included but was scripted, where Pinhead confronts a police officer and proceeds to use the officer's own handcuffs to yank out his tongue. But truthfully, I'm glad I got this book signed by Clive Barker, even if it isn't in the greatest of condition, because... That and the photos are all it has to offer. 
The photos themselves make this a book that I don't think any Hellraiser fan would want to not have, but as far as information, insight, things that illuminate the making of these films, especially 25 years after Hellraiser 3 came out, the book is barren. It had nothing to offer me. Reading it felt like a waste of time. Saying I read this to find out about the movies is like saying you read Playboy for the articles. The Hellraiser Chronicle has some really pretty pictures, and that's about it. Beyond that, it's the same information you could get from any Fangoria at the time for a third of the price. But since I don't have a whole lot really nice to say about the Hellraiser Chronicles, I thought I would detail something that I never expected to talk about on Books and Nachos, which is a book called Damnation Games by Phil and Sarah Stokes. Now, if you're not familiar with Phil and Sarah, they are the webmasters who run CliveBarker.info. It's a website they call Revelations, and they have done this website for 20 years. I remember visiting this website in the 90s and using it as a resource when writing my dissertation on Clive Barker's Imagica and using this site to keep up with when the next Clive Barker films were coming out, be it the next Hellraiser or Saint Sinner or what have you. In this 20 years, CliveBarker.info has become the official Clive Barker information site, with Barker giving them updates that they then edit and pass on to us, and the site has definitely been a go-to for me, as it has Barker's own quotes on most of his films. Although admittedly, he's fairly silent when it comes to films like Hellraiser 7 and 8. But Damnation Games, the reason that I'm just kind of piggybacking it on here, isn't a book you can just buy. I don't know if I can count this as a book, as it's really a bonus feature that came with Arrow's recent Hellraiser Blu-ray 3-pack that includes Hellraisers 1, 2, and 3, a Blu-ray of Making Of that includes Clive Barker's early films Salome and The Forbidden, and this book. Being a pack-in with a Blu-ray set, I honestly didn't expect much. It's a very small book, smaller than your average paperback, both in thickness and in width and length, but it is a nicely bound hardcover. Being a thorough researcher for now playing, I did take it upon myself to read this cover to cover, and I found myself actually really impressed. Like the Hellraiser Chronicles, this book only focuses on the first three Hellraiser films, which makes sense as that's what Arrow included in the box set. But what you have is an incredibly well-written insight into Clive Barker's early days. That's the first chapter entitled Surgeons of God, Steps on the Forbidden Path to Hellraiser. Talks about Barker's theater work. Talks about his success with Books of Blood. And it talks about his steps to becoming a film director after being unhappy with Rawhead Rex and Transmutations. I'm not saying this is information you can't get anywhere else. I've certainly read this a number of times by this point through... Leviathan, the book I read last week, the Leviathan documentary, which is also included in the Arrow box set, and the book I'm going to be reviewing next week. But it's here in great detail with some of Clive's own quotes intermingled. 
But then when we got to the movies, at first I was thinking this was kind of lazy, as what you get is the press kits from the first three films. And if you're not familiar with a press kit, it includes some photos, some quotes. It's what's handed out to any journalist who wants to write on the film. It gives a general plot summary. It gives some handy quotes that can be used in articles. It can make it seem like a journalist has had first-hand account of what's going on on a film without ever partaking in a junket. The archivist in me finds it really interesting to read the press kits, especially of the first Hellraiser, before Clive Barker was a household name. The pages here do not include the photos which are often used with the press kits, so that journalists have photos that they can run with their stories, but... It has all of the original text, which is really telling, especially in the cases of Hellraiser 2 and 3, when 25, 28 years on, you learn some of the real stories of what went on. Here, the press kits tell you how they were spinning things at the time. But even better, after each press kit for the three films, there's a chapter about the making of. And this includes a lot of interviews from anywhere in the past 30 years with Clive Barker, with Peter Atkins, with Anthony Hickox, with the makeup people. Because of the amount of reading I'm doing, I'd say there was perhaps 70% information overlap that I would get between Leviathan, this book, and next week's book. But there was 30% in this book that was brand new, well-researched, great quotes, and I found it an invaluable source. Because I didn't have it digitally, I couldn't just make electronic notes. I found myself actually using my camera phone to take pictures of some of the pages so that I could reference them later. So really, if you're looking for an in-depth look at the first three films, especially including Clive Barker's own viewpoints, the major viewpoint absent from the Leviathan making of, you get it in this Blu-ray box set with the book Damnation Games. The most exciting thing, though, has to be at the end pages. Before we get to some arrow information about the restorations of the films for Blu-ray, under Acknowledgements, it says, An expanded analysis of Clive's route to the creation of Hellraiser and the story as it was shot, edited, and released will be contained in a lavishly illustrated book from Phil and Sarah Stokes, Clive's archivist and the authors of the ongoing Memory, Prophecy, and Fantasy series about his works. The book will contain exclusive, previously unseen, and other rare images from the archives of many involved in the movie, and promises the definitive history of the movie told through production materials, interviews, and set visits from the time of filming. More details on this and other projects available soon from Phil and Sarah at cliveparker.info. If this Damnation Games is a tease of that book Phil and Sarah are writing, that will prove to be the definitive source for Hellraiser information. I'm really curious if they're going to include all ten films in this, or if they're going to focus on the four theatrical ones that have Clive Barker's largest involvement. I don't know, but I can say that Damnation Games has really whetted my appetite. Of course, Damnation Games isn't the only reason to pick up the Blu-ray box set, as it has some glorious transfers of the films, and as I mentioned last week, what I consider to be the definitive versions of the Leviathan documentary film, the 90-minute cuts based on each film versus the four-hour cuts based on each film, 
But if you're only buying it for the book, it is a hefty price, and perhaps waiting for Phil and Sarah's complete compendium of Hellraiser information is the better way to go. Still, it was a nice surprise when most box sets that come with pamphlets have basically the electronic press kits and little else. As for when Phil and Sarah's book will be out, I'm not sure. They released a press release in 2016 discussing what the book will cover, much of what I read to you already. It says ordering details to follow, but no ordering details are as yet available. So with that, I end this Books and Nachos. I will be back next week with one more Hellraiser making of book. I've been kind of reviewing these in the order of the films they cover. Leviathan only covered the first two films. The Hellraiser Chronicles and Demnation Games covered the first three. But the next book, The Hellraiser Films and Their Legacy by Paul Kane, is to date the most comprehensive of the Hellraiser behind-the-scenes books, looking not only at the four theatrical films, but the direct-to-DVD films, the comic books, some of the toys, and more. So I'll be covering that next week here at Books and Nachos before I'm able to get back to some more Hellraiser fiction, including the Pinhead versus Sherlock Holmes book, Sherlock Holmes and the Servants of Hell, the short story collection, Hellbound Hearts, and of course, the Scarlet Gospels. And I may have one or two more Hellbound surprises along the way as well. But let me know if that's something you're interested in me doing, delving deeper into the Hellraiser mythos still by coming to our forums at booksandnachos.com. There's a link and letting me know if you're enjoying these Hellraiser reviews. I realize that these making of books are a little bit different, but as our opening credits say, we cover it all at Books and Nachos, fiction to nonfiction, graphic novels and more. We are here to help you find something great to read. And with Hellraiser, I definitely think we're hitting that gamut. Fiction for the Hellbound Hearts and Scarlet Gospels, and nonfiction with these making of. If you want graphic novels and more for Hellraiser, let me know. And meanwhile, I hope you do also join us for our Hellraiser movie reviews at Now Playing. Our Hellraiser 3 review comes out this Friday. It is part of Now Playing's Fall Donation Drive, where we raise the funds that allow us to do now playing, and Books and Nachos. I know Stuart is working hard on a Philip K. Dick Books and Nachos to tie into those shows leading up to Blade Runner 2049, and then he will be getting back to his Dune book reviews as well. But it's listener feedback and listener support that keeps us doing this show, so please come to Facebook, come to our forums, and let us know if you're listening. So thank you for joining me on this Hellraiser review. I'll talk to you Friday over at Now Playing to discuss Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth. So I'll see you in hell. Thank you for listening to this episode of Books and Nachos. You can also find many more book reviews at our website, booksandnachos.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word about our podcast by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Books and Nachos is a crowdsourced podcast with no sponsors or ads. You can support our show by pledging to our Podbean campaign at booksandnachos.com support. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon, provided by podsafeaudio.com. 
Books and Nachos is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2017. All rights reserved. And no part of the show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. In hell.